You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. Hi, and welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. My name's Renee Jerusso, and a big welcome back to all of our regular listeners. And if you're listening for the first time, we look forward to your feedback and review. And as always, if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to discuss on the show, please email these through at podcast at reneejerusso.com. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest. And before I do, I just want to have a bit of a chat with you around the topic of gratitude. Gratitude is something that I've been doing a lot of writing on um, and a bit of research on. And our guest today is the first person that I thought of when I wanted to do an interview with someone that comes from a place of gratitude lives through gratitude and I think embodies what gratitude is. Being in gratitude and appreciating, I guess, the things that we do have versus the things that we don't have, I think as a leader in any role or as a business owner is such an, and in life in general, is in such an important thing to do and I guess helps us to be and not just do. So today I'd love to introduce you to Claire Summers. She's the founder of Gratitude Glass Jars. After experiencing a series of deeply traumatic life experiences within a seven-month period, Claire created the Gratitude Glass Jar as a visual tool to help herself heal. She captured her daily notes of gratitude that allowed her to see her abundance rise and helped her to regain faith in the world. She decided or dared to try out a trade show as a sole exhibitor in the summer of 2017 in New York, where she won the award for the best product for gift and lifestyle and was hand-selected by the team at Oprah for consideration within Oprah's favourite things. Within eight weeks of launching, Claire found herself, this is just amazing, on stage with Oprah Winfrey sharing her story. It became the number one selling product on Amazon and appeared on endless TV spots and media across the globe. Gratitude Glass Jars has developed into a lifestyle brand with an assortment of products that encourage people to pause, share their stories and inspire others. The movement is global. Glass Jars are all about capturing the spirit of living, celebrating life events, sharing memories and expressing words of love. Claire believes in the power of gratitude and believes life is short, too many words go unsaid and values are not always lived. And through this movement and this amazing product I've personally used and love, she is continuing to inspire others. So welcome, Claire. So awesome to have you here. Thank you for having me, Renee. So Claire and I have known each other a long time but have only recently, haven't we, reconnected, which has been exciting. I think we counted 16 years ago was the last time yeah. we saw each other. It's amazing. And I've followed you and I think you've followed me over our, our journeys into doing our own, you know, our own thing. And Absolutely. Um, I think we knew each other when we were babies. So we probably had the same mindset way back then. I think so. I think so. And it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how you, your paths cross again and 
we're very, very in tune with what we're doing. So very exciting. I wanted to ask you, Claire, to kick off, you know, you've created what I call, it's an amazing purpose-driven business and movement. It's a movement. And you sort of, I've got given our listeners a brief overview of what got you started, but what was your why? What, what was the time you actually went, this is what I want to do, this feels right, and I'm going to pursue it? Excellent question. And to be honest, it really was probably what some people would perceive as being a selfish motive. And never in my wildest dreams would I have ever assumed that what has happened to me would have happened. And it never set out with that objective in it. I share my story very openly because I firmly believe it's when you do share your stories that people learn. Mm. And you need to do that. That helps you to connect. It makes your life much more valuable. It inspires you because you come across like-minded people. So for me, I think I'd always been a grateful person. I'd had a difficult childhood, but I'd always had a spirit that I was a very lucky person, regardless of what might come my way. And then in 2016, I really went through literally four significant events all within seven months. The first was I really became aware that I was in a bad relationship and I left that relationship. So I was engaged, left the house, left the dog, left the friends, started the life off again. I had a miscarriage at that same time, which really triggered that realisation. And then I was also nursing my dad through cancer at that time to his deathbed. Yeah. That was all within six months. And to say that I was depressed would have been the, the right words to explain at that point in time. And I was really in my seventh month and I decided that I wanted to go through the process of IVF to freeze my eggs because I'm somebody that takes quite some time to heal. So I did what I thought was going to be a beautiful and wonderful thing for, for my future self. Mm. and I had no idea that I was about to nearly die through the process of it. So one would deem as a very successful treatment, but by the same token, I did nearly pass away because I have a, a very severe reaction to the drugs. So within 24 hours, I looked nine months pregnant. I was struggling to breathe. My internal cavity was filling with fluid, um, and my kidneys were in the process of shutting down. So I spent... 11 days in hospital, three of those I firmly don't remember when I was in ICU, except for the sound of the ICU doctor who was barking in a Scottish accent. That's pretty much my whole recollection of my hospital experience. But I do remember two profound thoughts during that time. And the first was that I hadn't created something Mm. and I hadn't created something in terms of a family, so my own family unit. I felt very alone in the hospital. But I also hadn't, I'd always been um, somebody that felt like I had something great to contribute to the world and I hadn't found that yet and I hadn't done that. I would say it's legacy not in a, I want to make a mark and have people remember my name, not in that sense. It is a true, when you feel it, you've got a gift to give to people Mm. and you haven't realised what that is or you haven't unleashed or or you haven't been able to articulate what that is, I think that's a real, um, that's, that's sad. And I think that's what we are all here to do, to find that one thing, that why of why we are here. Yeah. Me, I realized I had always had a very good skill of putting people at ease and talking and being open. And that was, that's my gift. Yeah. Yeah. Still at this point though, did I, I would never have thought that I would have created a product that would have knew what it did. But when I did come out from hospital, I was beyond depression. I'd reached another stage and that to me was, much sadder and it was just pure um just lack of want in the world it was pure apathy 
was scared to go outside. I was becoming agoraphobic. Wow. I was sleeping. I dropped so much weight. I really was not in a good spot and I was expecting the worst of everybody. I was waiting for that next thing to come and hit me and I didn't know what yeah. it was. If I had have reconnected with you during that time, I would have thought, well, what, what's she going to do wrong to me? Mm. That's a horrible mm. thing that I hated that thought because I've never been that person before. I've never thought no. the word one or anything. So I wasn't myself. And at that point, I was prescribed antidepressants and I tried that for two weeks and each to their own, but it just wasn't for me. It wasn't real. No. No. And I'd always been somebody that, even if it was difficult, I, the key to life to me is awareness. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't achieving that through them. So I took myself off those. People then said, I'll oh, start journaling. And I didn't want to journal how tragic my life had been. I was, that was, I was sinking further and further down and going down that rabbit hole of depression. Yeah. So I stopped. And every day and every night, I just wrote something short and sweet to myself. Like, and it, this is real building blocks. It's like, hey, well done. You slept last night or. And it's something you don't have to share with everyone. For our listeners out there, journaling, even with a lot of my clients, Claire, they go, oh, and will you look at it? And I'm like, no, it's it's ownership. You do it for you. And if you burn it, throw it out or never look at it, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. And for me as well, I'm not somebody that needs war and peace. Like I like to write, but I don't, I never held a journal before because it's, it's a task to me. It wasn't an uplifting experience to do a journal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, I, I wrote it on a card and like what you're saying, it was for me. So I could fold the card over and yeah. nobody else had to read it. But I'm a very visual person mm. and I chose, I started sketching and designing this glass jar. Wow. And I put my cards and it was modelled off a vase that was in my mum's house, which is where I was recuperating. Yeah. And I just yeah. started putting my cards into the jars and they started to increase in quantity. And that was probably the first time where I had this just little visual cue that I walked past every morning and before I went to bed that mm. reminded me that I had some really good things happening on in my life. I'm not talking, you know, I'm climbing Mount Everest. It was bare. Yeah, that I went outside that day or mm. I smiled at somebody on the street or, you know, I had a really good coffee. Like yeah. just, you know, real basics of life. And I was out of hospital. And it was a month out of hospital and I went back to my consulting job that I was doing at the time in corporate and second day out from work, I'd gone back three days a week, I got a call to go to America for a job interview for a job in tech in Silicon Valley. And I thought, well, maybe what this is all, this is what this whole year's been about to, you know, yeah. a real course correction. And I had started to believe that, you know, there is a higher power above. Yeah, yeah. Leave be I know my version of what that higher power is but I do believe some you know something was kicking me along to get onto my right path Mm. so I was very nervous I was still very agoraphobic I was still thinking the worst of people um but I did the interview and I ended up getting the job wow yeah and right up until the night I had to fly out to Qantas on the Qantas um, morning flight I wasn't sorry Claire this is a month after all the crap happened it was a month that I, after all the crap, yeah, hospital. I got the phone call yeah. and it was probably about another six-week interview process. Yeah. Wow. And I've always said one thing about life with me, I've never wanted to say coulda, woulda, shoulda. 
Yeah, no. I always think you've got to follow the opportunities that they're coming away. Mm. And so I did take it, but I was really apprehensive about it. But I thought it was my own fear through my experience. Um, mm-hmm. And my mindset right at this point was the plane's going to crash. I'm going to kill everybody. It's going to be my fault. I'm going to get shot in America. Like it was, I still had such yeah. a negative mindset to everything that I was doing, but I was really fighting against that each day. And I was still doing it through my gratitude cards. And I did, I boarded the plane and I did have a sneaking suspicion that there was something quite not right with my boss before I left. But I thought, no, I need to go through and do it anyway because, once again, it could be fear that's having that conversation with my mind rather than... Was that intuitively just through phone calls and the job interview? You didn't didn't even met him and you had had a vibe that he wasn't right. Yeah, intuitively through through the Skype calls and the meetings that we had, there were just some things that were just a little bit off-putting. Yeah, yeah. And once again, you're dealing with a cultural difference. Mm-hmm. It was also yeah. from a different cultural background yeah. and he was American. And I thought, well, you know, there's a lot that gets misinterpreted mm. when it's not face-to-face, but I did have an intuitive feeling that something just wasn't quite right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did take it. I still took it because I thought this was, I'd been moving towards technology. Here it was in Silicon Silicon Valley and it was a dream job. It was a global job working with startups, helping them funding, introducing them to universities, big companies in the US, traveling all the time. I really thought this is what I needed. So I took the job and I'm alone in Silicon Valley and no family, no friends, and I'm starting to do this job, which is a brilliant job once again, and went on a trip to Europe with my new boss and started to be sexually harassed. At this point in time, though, once again, like you're still, I'm wondering if my assessment criteria is correct. Yeah, you start doubting, isn't that? It's a natural thing to do. Is it because of what I've been through that I'm amplifying this? Is it real? And in that, when you're in those moments, it's probably where you refer back to your friends and your colleagues. You know, it's that little sense check, that little litmus test that you have as to whether or not what you think is correct. And then I had to really, it really defined a stronger sense of character within myself. And I think it had, it was actually what I needed to strengthen the work that I'd done coming out from hospital. Mm. And all my learnings and I did I started to become quite angry as well at this point because I thought here I am starting a whole new life having gone through all this experience mm. and to be facing this again it's just it just wasn't fair and I think that's kind of struck my apathy away and really got me yeah. into a sense of self and a sense of protection so very long story short he ended up being fired from the company and had done it numerous times before so sort of got a sense of validation as well from that but at that same token I kept doing my gratitude glass jar and I really went for a little bit of fun and some light-hearted relief to see a girlfriend in New New York City have a cocktail walk the high line and for some strange reason I signed up to go to a trade show and I am in tiniest corner of the back alley of this trade show where there's all these international brands like I'm walking past Kate Spade to get to my booth one morning. Wow. So and were you still working in Silicon Valley or you left and then went I, over to New York? We were at the point where we were negotiating what my new role was going to be. Okay. Yeah. So effectively on gardening leave for yeah. a while. Yeah. So that's when I, yeah, I went to New York City 
because mm. I was in California at the time. Yeah. And literally, I just, once again, I had a really good feeling about what I had created. Mm. And I would also call it intuitive. And I remember I had my cards with me and I still carry them today for that sense of um, history that I need. And I'd pulled out a card that morning and it said, look at you, go girl. And I'd written it in my own handwriting. It said, you had the courage to attend New York now. Yeah. I had that card in me and I think I'd been in tears the night before as well because I was just feeling out of sorts. Mm. Read the card, had a stronger sense of myself that day, went in, won the award for the best new product at the show. It was just insane. And then an hour later, the team from Oprah Winfrey, who I did not know who they were, were in my brief and they were asking a lot of questions and I they keep it very secret about who they work for and what they do. I hope you were nice to them. You obviously were. <laughs> I was the Australian naive. I looked at the gentleman, his name was Adam, and he looked really tired and I thought that he was a married couple. With oh, wow. With. And oh, I said, yeah, oh, yeah. take a seat, buddy, if you look exhausted. Mm. Probably the best Australian accent you've ever heard. Oh, and they sat in the booth whilst I was talking to a customer and I think the customer and I were having a little bit of a tear at the time because mm -hmm. the does bring out and it resonates with people emotionally. Yeah, yeah. And I think they saw the power of what it was and they'd heard of the product but they wanted to see if it was beautiful. Yeah. And they came, they saw it, had the chat, they asked me to drop one off at her office that night, which I did. Then I went and got my pink berry and my champagne and watched the Highline with my girlfriend thinking yeah. nothing was going to happen whatsoever two weeks later i get a text message saying congratulations you're in the list mm, wow your short list for it and then two weeks later i get a phone call from adam himself saying are you prepared you're going for what i'm going for what exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. are literally her favorite 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 thing that's Are so amazing prepared? and I remember I, when i heard it i was like wow it's like yeah. next level isn't it Complete next level. And at this point, I'd done 300 of them for family mm -hmm. and friends. Yeah, yeah. And that night, I literally hung up the phone mm -hmm. and I booked a plane trip to China that next to fly out that next day because I hadn't even met my glass blower yet. Oh, gosh. I, to this day, do not know where I was in China, somewhere in somewhere down the you making them locally did you just have a few to take to the trade show? You just had yeah, a few. I only had 300 coming in. It yeah. was literally to see if anybody liked it. So I hadn't even, I hadn't invested behind it yet. Yeah, yeah. And so far, I, hmm. well, I do them for girlfriends. I knew it was going through a really difficult time as yeah. well, or family members. Because I also think a lot of people have uh, difficulties trying to communicate how they feel to others. Mm -hmm. And the simple gift of being able to write it down, share your thoughts and pass it on to somebody and so it's sometimes all that needs to be said. So they were, they were comforting tools to give to friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Booked a plane trip to China. Once again, long story short, my bank account got hacked when I was over there, lost all yeah. the money on the deposit for the print. Oh. The print got burnt down in a factory fire. It then got printed back to front. If I wasn't in China and oh, left, I yeah. it was all incorrect. And these things are on, on a hot boat going straight into Amazon for Oprah's favourite things. So nothing oh, wow. during that time. And then finally made it into New York City seven weeks later from having been at the trade show. Mm -hmm. The opening night was on a Thursday night. At that point we weren't sure if Oprah was even coming along. I wasn't normally, you don't get invited, but for some strange reason I had been. 
and we're sitting in there and I went to the back of the stage where all the boxes were wrapped up. Yeah. And I looked at I could see what my gift was, the shape of it, and I'm taking a picture, a selfie of me pointing to the box, being blown away by the experience. And I looked down, I saw the running sheet and it had Oprah, Jin, her book, Gratitude Glass Jar. Oh, wow. And my little heart was palpitating. Yeah. Wow. But no, nobody to share it with either because I'm in, st- yeah. in a room of 150 media. It's just little yeah, little yeah, yeah. glass jar. So sat down, sat on my hands. Oprah comes walking in, the running sheet goes through, mm. and then the next minute I know someone stage talking to Oprah Winfrey, wow. the queen of gratitude about the power. Do, do of you that. remember it? Do you remember it? Because I know sometimes when those sorts of things happen, it's it's so surreal that it, you look back and it's like, did that happen? And it's blurry, or is it really vivid? It's strange. The experience itself is really mm. blurry. Yeah. The feeling I felt is very strong. And, yeah. very vivid. and I just remember being on stage and it just felt so natural. Yeah, yeah. And being drawn to her and talking to about gratitude was so natural as well. Um, because she is gratitude. Like, you, you know, if you're on the Jerry Springer show or something, that's a bit different. But you've met, met a person that personifies gratitude that loves the jars. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. And my one regret of the whole experience was I never thanked her. Because I did have a difficult childhood and teenagehood. And I would, when I was studying at university, I would go down at three o'clock, I'd watch Oprah every day. Yeah, yeah. Where I learned that, um, you know, that spirit for what she does embody and that whole spiritual side of yourself of being grateful for what you have and manifestation and Mm. as a way to live your life. And I'd I'd learned it from her and I didn't get to thank her on stage. I would have liked to have done Mm. that. Yeah, wow. So that is just the most amazing story and it's, but it's so well-deserved and it's so, I don't know, it's as much as it's like, wow, it makes sense. How I also look back on it is that it is an amazing story and it was a wonderful experience. Mm. But the thing that I'm most proud of was that I'd found gratitude within myself again through sheer hard work. Yeah. Before yeah. all of this happened. And it was it was just the icing on the cake to what somebody could never take away from me of who, who you want to be and how you define your life and how you live by it. The rest of it was just this beautiful experience on top of it. Oh, it's just, it's just gorgeous. And I know for those of you, we'll give you some details to the listeners a bit later and talk about, you know, the, the products. And I guess it's a, to me it's more a movement. It's not just a product. Products that are one-dimensional, but it's what you do with it. Um, I've had the wish jar for a year. I bought I bought a few for clients. I think it was when you had that big influx on Amazon. I think so. Yeah. And and I love it. And I still write. And I like having them on the cards. The things I'm grateful for because I think for me, being a writer, I've got like I'm looking at like eight moleskins going. It, it's it's nice to have them in one spot that are jealously protected just to be what they are. Mm-hmm. Look at them now and again, you know. Um, but I've been doing wishes and gratitude and, and, and I share them and I, I love them. So well done. I think it's just, it's awe-inspiring what you're doing. You. I'd love to, as you know, Claire, I'm writing a book um, called The Gift Mindset, which is all about, um, for those listeners out there, it's all about embracing our challenges and our successes and being highly self-aware of what actually happened 
and then looking at are we accepting it to hinder or help us and what lessons can we share with with our loved ones, our teams, our in our life. And one of the gifts, one of the 12 gifts, Claire, as you know, is the gift of gratitude. And I've been writing, I've just finished writing the gift of resilience and I think gratitude is definitely one of the skills of resilience. But I'd love just just succinctly in your words, I guess, what does the word gratitude mean to you? To me, it means a profound appreciation for what you have. And I use the word profound because it shows the, the greater depth yeah. behind all that you do have. It's not, just, it's not just something that you look at and admire and say, I'm grateful for that. It's not a throwaway word that you uh-huh. use in nah. conversation. It is a true sense that sits within your head and your heart. Yeah. It's yeah. your head and your heart alignment that just makes you look at the world that you have in front of you with Mm. A really strong sense of beauty, of yeah. authenticity and profound gra- gratitude for everything that you do have. I, lo- I absolutely love that and I think the head and heart is so important because, you know, you, you hear people that they think they're doing gratitude, you know, grateful for my family, but be specific. What are you grateful for? Did your partner say that they love you? Did, you know, did someone make you some beautiful food and leave it at the door? I think... Gratitude is exactly what you've said. It's an appreciation for what we do have. And we know this, you know, this year we've had COVID-19 and the thing that's kept me going and I know those around me that I'm supporting is I say focus on what you do have, not, what, not, not on what's missing because when we get hit with adversity and change, we tend to focus on what we don't have. It's human behaviour. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the little things, it could be you've got a roof over your head or you've got a person like, you know, I I value, I appreciate our friendship, you know, the connections that we have in life. And I think, I just think it's not, like you said, it's not all materialistic. I think people think of gratitude as when I have this, I'll be grateful. And you think of a lot of people say about people in third world countries Mm. and tend to have gratitude beyond anybody in the western world filled with material assets and sometimes you'd say how can that be possible when they're fighting life and death each day Mm. and it's um when it comes from that real deep centered sense of what you do have you have life and for me i'd always had a great sense of gratitude but i tell you nearly losing your life oh (laughs) puts it beyond uh, a perspective that you'll never appreciate and i hope that you know, it doesn't take that. No. To that fundamental experience. What it does take is for you, in my mind, if you wake up and you have everybody that you know and love that are healthy mm. and protected, yeah. healthy yeah. and protected yourself, you are, there is so much in your life to be grateful for. Oh, totally. And you, you made a point there about you don't have to have a near-death experience, but unfortunately... A lot of people do. They have to have something go really wrong to realise what's so right, you know. And I think, if anything, I think that's what, um, that's the pace that mm. we run at. Yeah. Especially in the Western world, it's the pace that forces you not to look at those things. Mm. You know, you are so wound up. And I, you and I worked in corporate, in yeah. a very intense corporate environment. You are so wound up in that performance culture of 
Um, next thing, next thing, future focused. And even, you know, running, you know, too, your own business, you can get caught up in that. And I, I've always had a saying, we've become human doings, not human beings. Yeah, agree. You know, um, we all go, what do we got to do? I get clients to actually do, um, Claire, a to-be list. Mm-hmm. So, and people struggle with it. Look, thank, uh, your story is amazing and, you know, and I'm very, very open as well. I've, I went through five years of IVF and got quite sick work the whole way through it all and it was pretty full on and I know it's such a raw and real thing to go through but it made me grateful that, that I have my partner. It made me love him even more because it amplified. We got through that without one argument. You know, it, you know what I mean? Like... It puts things back into perspective, which is amazing. You've got to be honest as well. It still doesn't mean that you can't want for more. No, no, not at all. For more. Like I want for a family. I, I want for a partner. I want for stability. Yep. That's not, you've got to separate what gratitude and what want is. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah, and I think it took me a while to realise that you can have both as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think a lot, I used to look at wants as being quite selfish, but it's not. That's human nature. We, we all want that. We want connection. Yeah. We want achievement. We want progression. We want to be living our best lives. Yeah, spot on. And, but you can have that same time that you have gratitude for what you do have. Yeah, that's right. And it's, and it's even acceptance, you know. I, I think I say accepting something can help or hinder us. And just because you've accepted you're ill or something doesn't mean you love it or you've chosen it, but accepting it to help you can help you move forward. Accepting it to hinder you and being angry, you'll go the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Exactly. And that's such a, it's a fundamental choice that you have. I remember when I was going through my layer of, it was just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of a difficult situation. Yeah. yeah. And I think quite easily as we all can, you can choose one way and you can become angry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, totally. That, that doesn't win you any favours in the long term. No. One thing I've always been very strong on um, is authenticity and awareness. I always think that the key to life is awareness. Oh, and it's a foundation. Absolutely. And for me, that was where gratitude really started from because mm. you need to be authentic within yourself. Yeah, yeah. Realise, you know, where where you went wrong yourself and what put you into those particular situations. Yeah. But I can't sit there and say that my situation was all other people's self induced You know, I, no. I, I was taking actions that weren't aligned to what my heart centre was because I wasn't being aware and authentic within myself because yeah. I was running at a 1,000 miles an hour. And you can't. We need, and, and a lot of companies and people listening out there will know a lot of organisations don't allow or they see self-reflective time as indulgent. Mm. And I, I can tell you only the probably the last three years, I've had my business 13 years, the last three years, I mean, I run things on mindfulness, um, mindset and self-awareness and obviously we kick off with self-awareness, you know, and then like you said, it's something we all have the choice of. Our thoughts dictate, create our feelings and what we action or we don't. And if we don't stop and really tap into what we're feeling and flip the script to make it work for us, 
you go down this, you know, this downward sort of spiral. So how does gratitude work? There's a bit of science that, that says, yeah, that it increases, you know, well-being, mood, all these sorts of things because it cuts off parts of our brain that can go the other way. It actually cancels it out. What's, a, what's the science behind it? Uh, what I've read in science with my own experience. Yeah, good, good. And it takes, once again, I'm a visual person. I need to see yeah. something to believe Not it. Like me, yeah, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I can read a document, you can tell me that, but until mm-hmm. I come to a greater sense of experience or talk to somebody, I'll see it myself. Yeah, I'm a little bit sceptical. But for myself, what I've read about gratitude is it's like basically reinforcement. Yeah, of what you already know subconsciously most of the time. Exactly. And it could be positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement. Yeah. And I don't think you mentioned before, like, you know, it cuts off the bad experiences. The bad experiences still happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, and if they don't, then you're not being authentic to yourself. Nobody out there is living a perfect world. No, it's just not possible. Not in the environment that we live in. Mm. <clears throat> but from for me and what I've read, it's the reinforcement of positive experiences. Yeah, and by continually reinforcing the positive aspects that you have in your life, once again, it can be so small. I remember that I saw the color blue that day. It was the sky. It's being <laughs> open to it. That's the self awareness piece, though. Exactly. And it means that you start looking at other senses that you have. It's not just in your head. You use your eyes, you use your sound, um, you know, taste, all of those things that you've got to activate these other senses. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start doing that from a real ground level, once again, it starts to build positive experiences. We talked about candle scents before and whether or not mm-hmm. they're liberating to yourself. They are. If you yeah. stop to smell it and notice that, you know, it makes you a little bit lighthearted mm. for a moment in time. That's a positive experience. That's something yeah. to be grateful for. Yeah. You then go so and make it's almost it's anchoring. It's anchoring your thoughts. Completely. But but where you can, and I, I get what you're saying, the net you need the negative as well to appreciate what you do have. You do. And from they say it's, you know, it takes three positive experiences and then one negative setback again. It's more about building how many of those positive experiences can yeah. you put in your day, in your week, in your month in yeah. your life so that when the negative experiences come mm. will how how are you going to react what are you going to see through that and where mm. is your resilience as you mentioned resilience and gratitude go hand in hand the stronger that your foundations are for the mm. build what's what you're grateful for the easier it is to take that next totally knock that you have yeah it's like it's layered cushioning almost for when, when you get knocked down. I know um, last year, so 2019, I had my car stolen, you know, and I was stalked. I, you know, we finished IVF after five years. I had an unpleasant experience with a, a fairly senior person um, and my sister got diagnosed. That was all in six months. And it was only at the end of the year that I looked back and realised that was all within six, seven months, like, you know, and it took me over Christmas to really, like what you just said, regroup mm-hmm. and go, these things haven't happened. They've ha- I don't say things happen for a reason. I think things happen for a lesson and you'll always find something. But it made me really, yeah, just, just regroup around what I do have and, and time with people and things like that. I think, and it also 
I reckon you'd understand this. I, I sort of came up with a theory that you have a resilience threshold. Yeah. You get to a point, I'm probably the, I'm so, I've been through a lot and I can keep going and I'm known for being motivating and resilient. But it was just hit a thing that there's things I won't tolerate that maybe I would have or people that I would tolerate in the past that not bad people but just what we're talking about a bit earlier before we even had this this discussion. And I think it really sets, makes you set up, I don't like using the new normal, but it helps you set the scene for what you do want and you get more you find more things to be grateful for because you're saving out what you don't want. I totally agree. And that probably been my next evolution of my own experience Mm. is that I've found over this last year, I've always been a very values driven person and very resilient. Yeah. Resilient. But when you've gone through those experiences, you realize the energy that those, that it takes out from you. Totally. Yeah. It is really exhausting. So mm. I know for myself now, I know how hard it is to get out from that ditch of, you know, yeah. that downward knee and then back up again. But to your point, you start not to tolerate mm. things that are going to take you further back down to that level. Once again, it comes through greater awareness. It comes through the conversations that you have with people that you realise we're mm. looking at the world very differently right now. Oh. And... And the feeling, the feeling you get, Kate, even, you know, probably like you, I've got a lot of beautiful friends and in the last few years there's probably two or three friends that have just changed, not in a, just, it's just changed. I call it the unspoken breakup. It is. Right? And no, no vengeance or anything but, and it's sad, but so many people hold on to people in their life because they've known them for 25 years or 30 years and for me, if, if, if you don't feel lit up and you don't feel excited to see people with certain catch-ups, then you've really, you know, as we get more mature, I like to say, we get less time. And I think it's, I really am fussy who I spend my time with because I don't have a lot of downtime. And I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, definitely. And it doesn't, it's not with malice. No, not at all. Not at all. Carving through your friends or your association list. Mm really comes from who you want to get that energy from and it happens organically it's not like well in my in my case it wasn't like oh that person no it just things happened Mm. values misalignment a few different things and you sort of mourn them you do there was someone I really mourned because we were really close but it's like you know I've got sidus now focus on the amazing beautiful people in my life that I don't get to see enough yeah. And that cancels that out a bit. And I think it also opens up once again the new people that come into your life as oh. well, the different reasons why you are meeting them. And I've noticed a profound change in the people that have yeah. been attracted to me and I'm attracted to once again over the last 18 months. And whether mm. or not it's over in the US or it's over in Australia, yeah. you have a different energy vibe that you put out in those conversations. And once I think it comes down to what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate. I love that. Or as Brene Brown says with her boundaries, what's okay, what's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I always say, and for everyone listening, you know, if you think about boundaries and what you do and don't stand for, don't overthink it. Just what feels okay and what doesn't. Because when you're aware, you will get the gut feeling, you'll get that intuition and that's what should guide you. Um, why do you think... Claire, that gratitude, and this was a question that we actually got from a view, uh, viewer, a listener, when we when we did a bit of a survey last year. 
Why do you think gratitude sometimes so hard to bring or unfamiliar to bring into our lives? I think gratitude takes an assessment of your life. Mm. And it in every area of your life. And that's where you can get some flippant comments about I'm grateful for this and it's lip service and it's mm. But that profound, that's not what gratitude is in my mind. I'm thankful for everything that happens. Yeah, yeah. But gratitude to me sits much deeper within your soul. Yeah. And I think to achieve... It's a feeling. It's not just a thought, it's a feeling. And you can't manufacture it. You just can't. And if you are, then I, like, you start to feel like a fraud if you do. Yeah, yeah. I think the, diffi- the difficulty does come in whether or not you're at that stage in your life, in your career, in your relationships in, within mm. yourself to have an honest assessment of where you are. Yeah, totally. And I think um, it, people are scared, I think, too, of the power of looking back. You know, a lot of us, I know I'm one, I'm very, I'm very, very future-focused, what's next, you know, that sort of thing which is fine and it serves me well business-wise, but in life you've got, to, you've got to look back. You've got to take stock, what worked, what didn't, and that's the whole gift mindset. What was bloody hard that I can share to be someone else's survival guide or what did I do quite easily that was highly successful that someone else could learn from? Exactly. Real um, motivation behind what I do, what I do now. It's not a jar, it's not a product, what... What I have created is a range of tools that help you to have an honest assessment with yourself and your life and if it's headed in the right direction of what you want to achieve. Mm. And I find that the whole proposition behind what I do is about sharing your stories to inspire others. Yeah, yeah. So once upon a time, that was how we all learned. We read books, we sat around. Storytelling, yeah. Exactly. And storytelling does not happen now just on Instagram and Facebook where things no. are totally inauthentic. That's not yeah. what storytelling is. That's painting a picture. Yeah, yeah. Storytelling comes when you have the honesty for you and I to have a conversation about what IVF meant to us. Yeah, that's that um, being, being open and really letting your guard down because people... You're right, digital platforms a lot of the time, and I've written about this, you know, everyone's life looks so perfect, you know. It's, and a lot of people share the, share the shit with, with a motive, right? Yeah, is so, point. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's about sharing, you know, being bold, being brave, letting your guard down, you know, vulnerability, whatever, but sharing it with the intention, intentionally sharing it to help others. You know, and I think for anybody that's struggling to either get to that stage, yeah, uh, what I would say, my piece of advice is that once you do get to that stage, once you punch through, your life becomes so much easier. Oh, in every respect, I love it because you're not hiding stuff, and you guess what? You're being in service to others by being in service to yourself, exactly. And the benefits that that gives you in your life is beyond belief. And then I know I know this wholeheartedly. Once again, I have wants. I would love to have children. I'd love to have a partner. I'd love to have that in my life right now. But I know that if I don't achieve those things or if I was to die tomorrow, if I was to go through a similar experience, mm. I am so profoundly happy and content. Oh. And with what you've achieved and contributed. Exactly. And the connections that I have made and I've 
I've helped, I've motivated, I've inspired other people yeah. through sharing my story through real authenticity. And that gives you so much power and confidence. Oh, and I love it. Yeah, it does. You are just not banging your head up against a brick wall anymore. It becomes smooth, effortless. You're living. You're living your true self. And something that just came up, because that's another gift, the gift of contribution. And I've got a thing that, you know, you contribute to self, to community, to work, to your home team, whatever. But by being truly grateful and articulating and even sharing that, that is a contribution in itself. Gratitude is a type of contribution. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, I was going to ask you, what would be three really quick tips to do gratitude? So, so one of mine is journaling, right? And with teams, I do three positives for every negative in a meeting. Yep. Right? So I've done that for a while. Journaling, some do, some don't. I'm a sporadic journaler. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. Um, so that, that would be one, right? What, what are some tips, even, even with some of your amazing support that you can offer, what would you suggest? I think this applies in both your personal life and your corporate life. Yeah, so yeah. And you and I have come from very strong corporate backgrounds. And I think that these same, same principles exist in both. There is, there's no difference. They've got to be the, the one. Totally the, aligned. Yeah. 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 Ones that I find uh, that I'd recommend is find the tool that works for you, number one. Yeah. I wasn't a journaler. I'm a visual person. Yeah. And I had to write it down. If I write something down, it goes into my head. Yeah. tool I use, that's what I created. So whether or not it's a journal, whether or not it's just a picture, a, a little picture. Exactly, cutting out a picture of what it is that you appreciate. If it's finding a word of the day that sums up how you are feeling, whatever it is, find the tool that works for you. Yeah, yeah, that's important. The second uh, thing that I'd recommend is to really find a place as well. Yeah. Find and it's a place whether or not you could be doing it, practicing it at work. It's in a meeting room that you know that you can get five minutes to yourself at when everybody leaves. It's your morning ritual that you have. It's where you go to bed at night. It might be a place in your house where you can just take a moment to breathe. Yeah, and just be. You're just be space. You're just be space. And you don't have to be there for long. You're not sitting there to meditate. You're not taking time out of your day. You are just finding a moment to say, hey, Claire, how are you going today? What is it? I I love that. Do you know, I just want to say on that, Claire, this will... My just be space is I've got a cocoon chair out in the courtyard or where I can, the beach, right? Yeah. Last year when I was going through all the stuff I mentioned earlier, there was probably only one week I felt flat, which is really rare for me. And my coach said, I want you to start journaling again. And I'm a big closure. I I say I have closure addiction, right? If I start something, I've got to finish it. So what I did, every night I drove into that to where I got a basement garage I had the journal, my little moleskin in the side door, mm-hmm. turn my phone off, and I just sit there for five minutes and put my gratitude, write what I was grateful for or not grateful for, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And that got that was a good discipline, and it wiped the day off me. Then I'd come in the house, have a shower, and then that was my night. And then think about how much more engaged you would have been with your relationship that night. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, 
or not just, you know, other people, but the relationship with yourself that night when you can come in and actually look at what you're about to do, whether or not it's cooking a meal, it's watching TV, it's having yeah. a conversation, it might be doing the ironing or something, but you're mm-hmm. doing it on a lower pace that's not riddled with the anxiety of the day or, you know, going over the conversation that you had with somebody that's just ruminating in your thoughts. That's right. You've got to find that place to cut it off, digest it, sink yeah. it in appreciate something within that and then move on to the next stage. And it almost anchors that place, I think, too, which is which is really important. And part of um, gratitude, they're all linked, like gratitude's linked to connection. We had this chat and connection, to, I, just, I did a video on this today, actually, connection to self and connection to others. And one of the keys, I believe, connecting to self is alone time or self-care or being in gratitude. They're all linked, aren't they? They are all linked. So one more tool. Don't think you're getting away with it. (laughs) (laughs) One more tool. I would, for me as well, it's sharing. It's not publicising to the world, but it's then sharing in some way that Mm -hmm. little piece of knowledge that you had. Once again, it reinforces that within yourself. I know sometimes at the end of the day where I've had a hectic day or something has not gone right, but if I can reinforce what it was that I was grateful for by sharing or saying it out loud for me as well, it's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, I love it. So that to me is the connection piece. And that's that's sharing, you know, for people listening, it's not just share, it's it's gratitude, but it could be somebody. It could be, you know, um, someone that just smiled at you when you walked down the street that actually made you, you know, feel good. You know, I I know with COVID-19 this year, there's been on some walks I've done the first few weeks of it, people looked at you as if, you know, they'd eaten a lemon, you know, because you've gone near them. Now everyone's craving connection as we're doing this, this podcast. And there was a lady the other day, this little old lady weeding her garden and I did my 20 minute walk that I'm where I can on doing and I hadn't had any of my coffee yet and I was holding it, racing back to get home and she gave me that this just this empathetic smile and she said, well, you've got your priorities straight and I gave her the coffee and went back and got another coffee and it made my day. I told yeah. her I hadn't had it. So lucky she trusted me. Absolutely. But I love that. So journaling, really knowing what the positive are, uh, finding the tool that works for you. I love that, Claire, because, you know, there's no... There's no cookie cutter in this. If you're visual, most visual people love writing. They don't usually look back at it, but it helps them remember and articulate it. Pictures, vision boards, words of the day. I do words of the month, you know, and having that place, that 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 sacred place that you can be in gratitude and tap in and be highly self-aware. And biggest thing is sharing, you know. Share it. Don't just just think it. Share it, and and not just think it. Feel it. Yeah. I've in particular felt that third one throughout the last eighteen months. I've spent a lot of time in hotel rooms around the world, and it's just been me. And I might have these wonderful experiences where I'm out and I'm connecting with people during the day and mm. that gratitude. But I haven't had that solidifying thing at night to be able to say to somebody. This is what it was. Yeah. I had to find a tool once again when I'm over the other side of the world Mm. to be able to have that. And for me, once again, it was just having that little message with a friend that night. Yeah, just something. And and we might not be talking about that in particular, but I would find a way to weave it into my conversation that Mm. I was having because that was what I needed to reinforce 
No, I love, I love that. And it's, it's even if it's even sometimes if you send a, a text or a message and the person hasn't actually seen it yet, they've got a name for that now, expectation. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you've got it out, you've articulated it. So, Claire, I'd love to ask you, um, and then we'll, we'll, we could talk for days. We might have to have a part two on this. Who's somebody you admire and what are the, I guess, the skills and attributes and qualities as to why you admire that person? So I admire anybody that has got, and I use, it's not one person, Renee. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. To me, and it's not a celebrity. It's, I think we are all celebrities in our own right. It's... To me, it is anybody that has gone through such a difficult time in life and they've had the ability to pull themselves out of it. Yeah, yeah. That's hats off to me to anybody. Because it's bloody hard. It's bloody hard. And and to do it without anger or to be able to move Mm. through from that anger, they're to me the the people that I admire. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And they, they're the everyday heroes that are around us. If you take the time to talk to people, one thing I've, I've loved on this experience that I've had is that people have always had, people always tell me their stories. That's, that's the gift that we talked about earlier before. People will always tell me what's, what's right, what's wrong with their lives. The stories that I've had people tell me of what they've gone through have just been so moving that it just, it brings you to tears. I was at a trade show just, it was our two-year anniversary that I started all of this and I had created this other box of letters you wrote to yourself and a gentleman came up to tell me he'd bought it for his uh, daughter who just yeah. graduated from college. So once again, this is a man that's bought it for his daughter. Mm. I don't create products for women, but this is a yeah, man. I- yeah. <laughs> And he came over and he said that there were, he said there were over 10 people in the room when we were reading out what this was all about. And he just said everybody was just moved by the words that I had written to inspire them mm. to write something else that day. And then he started sharing the story about what his family had been through. And yeah. I thought I'd had a horrific experience. Like every, there's always a worse story out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their family had also moved themselves through a difficult period, through the same values, through writing things down, through connecting, through sharing, through mm-hmm. what what I talk about with gratitude glass jars. It was the most heartwarming experience. So they're my heroes. Yeah, and and that it's just a little bit of guidance, isn't it, for them to be able to get in flow because it doesn't come well, it doesn't come naturally to anyone. Everything takes discipline, mm-hmm. and I guess a compelling reason as to why you do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that. Oh, that's awesome. And there are so many unsung heroes out there. I mean, I'm the same. I get the gift I get with all my clients is I get very close to the heart of them. Yeah. And, you know, some of them you would never assume some of the things they've told me. You, you would never. We've all got our own stuff going on, you know, and it comes back to that that whole, um, reflect, you know, re- reflection and that we, we are all going through things together. Yeah. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you. I've just loved chatting to you. I, I know there's so there's just so many more questions I have, but I guess before we finish up, I'd love to ask you, what's your favourite? This is my quick trivia, Claire. What's mm-hmm. your favourite food? You know I love my food. 
cooking. Oh, oh. Do you know what I'm loving right now? And it's not a food per se. It's the feeling that I get from this. Yeah. It is just a home-cooked meal of something warm, nutritious, hot, yeah. just comf- like pure comfort food. Yeah. Awesome. That is what I'm loving right now. And if I can have that with a glass of red wine, because it's normally come from the experience where I'm in a kitchen with myself or my mum who I'm living right with right now during yeah. COVID, because it's, it's just it's such a heartwarming feeling to have in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, it's a world out there that we've seen before. But you know what? That comfort that you have in that belly of a home cooked meal, you can't You can't beat you can't beat a home cooked meal. And I think you're spot on there. It's a visceral experience. And Mm -hmm. food is such, you know, listeners that know me, food is a connector, food is love, food is food is a gift. And I think it's nostalgic too. Yeah. And I love that. What's your favorite sound? Or noise? The ocean. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I'm a very, I think whenever I felt uh, doubt and uncertainty in the world, mm. I head to the beach. Yeah. And I sit and I watch the waves and the waves come in and the waves come out. It reminds me that that's going to continue to happen. Yeah. And I walk on that beach and I'll hear it and the sound and the, it's just a central, I love the beach. Yeah. I'm with you there. That resonates with me, and, and I know my my hubby's the same. If all your worries go away when there's when when you, you can hear those waves. There are no worries in the world that a beach can't solve. No. I'm with you. <laughs> and last but not least, if you could do anything else as a career, what would it be? No, it's this. I'm finally. Yeah, yeah I've you know, I've worked for great companies. Mm-hmm. I have loved, I've had killer jobs. I've had jobs that I leave and, you know, 4,000 people apply for. I yeah. got to watch movies for yeah. Disney, for God's sakes. And right. I forgot about Disney. Exactly, and travel the world. I've had amazing jobs, but I, once again, I just feel so blessed. I'm finally doing what I feel like I'm always supposed to be doing. Soul, soul purpose, and I, I get that, and it's, it's unusual for people to actually answer that, you know, it's, I think, and, and uh, like me, I, I know you probably feel there's so much more we can be doing, like we will be doing, you know what I mean, which is so exciting. Yeah, and I'm working on the next thing, which is all about pausing. Yeah. Something that I found throughout last year when I was in the middle of New York City. This is before oh. everything that's happening with COVID. And I had noticed how much my anxiety had risen over the last year mm-hmm. of what, what had been a business, a movement, it was now coming into a business and it's like, yeah, yeah. can I cope with that? Do I want to go down that path? And the way that I centred myself was once again, I'm going back, I'm creating things that I love to do. Yeah. But I need to take control of this aspect of my life and I need to pause. Yeah. I love, we might, we might do a, uh, another show maybe later in the year, early next year on yeah. pausing because I think it's, there's so much in that. And so how do people find you, Claire, if they want to follow you, they want to look at the amazing support and products that you have, this movement, how do they find you? Definitely on the website first, which yep. is www.gratitudeglassjars.com and that's where you'll see a bit of more story about myself and then all the products that we have there. On Instagram 
at Gratitude Glass Jars. And we're also working on now a social piece that will come out a little bit later in the year where we're really going down that path of sharing other people's stories. So a lot of it's been about my own story that's led and created what we have now. And now we're moving focus into sharing other people's compelling stories. Yeah. Of just kindness, of love, of memories, of gratitude, of living a life of intention. So we want it to become the hub of somewhere. If you are in need of something inspiring that day, come to us and you'll see a personal story of oh, someone. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thanks again for being on the show. I feel I'm in gratitude that, that you've been able to we've been able to make this happen and, and you've been able to share all the, all, all your experience and the magic. And thanks for being so, you know, upfront with your story, which you, you, you live what and breathe what you say, which I love. So thanks, Claire. Thanks, Renee. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to announce that I've just published my third book, Gift Mindset. Unwrap the 12 gifts to lead and live a life of purpose, connection and contribution. The message and the concept in this book, I've lived for a long time and I feel so privileged to be able to share this with you. The book uncovers what the gift mindset is, why it matters and the barriers that get in the way. It then runs you through the 12 gifts from the gift of resilience, the gift of gratitude, as we discussed with Claire today on today's show, and many others. Each gift chapter has a story or an interview some key insights you can take away and apply and a process for you and your team to step back and look at what gifts have I encountered and how can I share them with the broader business. The book's available for pre-sell on Amazon and Booktopia and it will hit the bookstores at the end of Feb 2021. We're also launching a program the Gift Mindset Culture, where we take you and teams within your organisation over a 12-month journey where we unwrapped a gift per month. The gifts are key leadership traits that we need to adopt and we delve into what they mean, how we can bring them into our lives and create habits to embed these gifts back on the job. And a big part of the program is sharing and using the processes that we give you to share your stories and create a culture of openness, connection and collaboration. I wanted to share that with you. Claire, as you listen to today, has an amazing story. Her story is in the book amongst many others. Um, and yeah, really look forward to giving you this gift, especially in what's been a pretty tough year. Take care. You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 